Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. Have you ever noticed how a calm mind can really set the stage for a good night's sleep? That's the idea behind our new podcast, Good Sleep. Greg, our host from Optimal Relationships Daily, is here to help ease you into a peaceful night's rest with some positive affirmations. And these affirmations aren't just comforting. They can help ease anxiety and nurture positive thoughts, setting you up for true good sleep. So press play on good sleep tonight because a good tomorrow starts with a good night's sleep. Just search for good sleep in your podcast app and be sure to pick the one from Optimal Living Daily. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1867, My Current Money Management and Investment Plans by ESI of ESIMoney.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. Now let's get right to it and continue optimizing your life. My Current Money Management and Investment Plans by ESI of ESIMoney.com. It's been some time since I shared my asset allocation. In fact, my last update was just after I retired. Now that I've been retired for some time and I'm getting used to it, I'm looking at my assets with new purposes in mind. Given this, plus the fact that one of my 2017 financial resolutions is to review my investments, I thought I could kill two birds with this one post. As an added benefit, I can get your thoughts and ideas on where I might be able to make some improvements. Retirement changes purposes for assets. Much of my financial planning now revolves around my retirement budget. Ultimately, I wanna maximize income and minimize expenses to create a good cash cushion in retirement. I'd also like to be able to do this without spending any of my assets, just spending the income my assets churn off but that's not a necessity. I'm okay with spending assets as long as I'm not burning through them at a fast rate. As I pointed out recently, my current budget is solid. Better yet, it's headed in the right direction. Income will likely go up as my assets and this blog grow, and expenses will go down as the kids move out over the next couple of years. So my gap is growing. Good stuff, right? But the question remains, How should I deploy my assets given what I want to accomplish? Up to this point, they've been deployed for mostly growth with some income, especially as I transition towards retirement. But now they should probably change with my life change, right? Let's take a look. Current assets. I'll begin by looking at how my current assets are divided. These numbers are net of expenses. For instance, I don't include our 529s as assets, but I also don't count the liability of college costs for the kids. In other words, these are assets I own free and clear. Here they are. Retirement accounts. 
1,522,000. These include a rollover IRA, which I've dumped all my 401ks into, a rollover IRA my wife had from a 401k 25 years ago, and a SEP IRA I started 10 to 15 years ago. Investment real estate, 579,000. These are my rental properties and main source of my retirement income. Brokerage account, 565,000. Invested in Vanguard index funds. Non-working assets, 414,000. Cars, our home, and an investment partnership. Cash accounts, 181,000. Savings and checking, both personal as well as business for the rental units. Peer-to-peer lending, 136,000. In two accounts, one at Lending Club and one at Prosper. And an HSA, 32,000. Currently with an online company used by my former employer. Actions for each asset group. Now that we see what we have to work with, here's what I'm thinking for each. Retirement accounts. This is the growth portion of my portfolio and my plan is to leave it as is. I will keep these accounts invested in index funds, US stock market and international markets, at least for the next seven years when I will pass 59 and a half and have access to them without the issues associated with early withdrawal. I'll probably let them grow longer, but let's say seven years for now. If they grow at 7% for seven years, they'll be worth 2,444,000 when I get to 59 and a half. Currently, these funds churn off just over 30 grand per year in dividends, which are reinvested, of course. If they grow to 2,444,000, then I'd expect around 48,000 in dividends or I could change the investment to dividend-producing options. If I could earn 3% on 2,444,000, that would be 73,000 per year in income without touching the principal. Investment real estate. Not planning on doing anything with these assets. I have probably five years or so before I'll need to do any major capital improvements since I did tons of work when I bought these four years ago. But when the time comes, I'll likely have to do some more investing here as things wear out. Brokerage account. This currently serves several purposes. One, it churns off 10,000 in dividend income per year, which is a decent portion of my retirement income. And number two, it serves as a way for us to give. By donating appreciated funds to our donor advised fund, we can avoid capital gains plus give out assets versus income. And three, it serves as a large emergency fund in case we need extra money, not planning on doing anything to change this. Non-working assets. Not much to say or do with these. We could sell the house, and we may one day, and move to a smaller place, but we currently love where we live. Plus, with my parents still in limbo about retiring and potentially moving out here, any change for us would be premature at this point. Cash accounts. This seems like a good amount to have on hand in retirement over two years of living expenses. Most is in two high-earning savings accounts at 1% per year, ugh. Peer-to-peer lending. I'll be withdrawing from Lending Club to get it to 50,000 and investing another 25,000 in Prosper to give them each 50,000 in assets or 100,000 total. 
I hope to earn $7,000 per year in income from these two. And HSA, $32,000. I'm thinking of moving this to a low-cost provider, the current place has fees, and just letting it grow. Or I could simply spend it as needed on medical expenses just to get rid of it. It's a small account just to have around and manage. You just listened to the post titled My Current Money Management and Investment Plans by ESI of ESIMoney.com. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news. There's a better alternative. Our sponsor, Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. Maybe you're saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation, your kid's college. I found that Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals, whatever they are. I definitely wouldn't be able to allocate my finances or plan as clearly without help from Monarch. In fact, Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash OFD for your extended 30-day free trial. First of all, congrats to ESI. Clearly, many years of dedicated saving and investing has led to quite an impressive portfolio. I was a bit surprised about the comments regarding his HSA. While the balance is small now, if he continues to have a high deductible insurance plan, he can continue to contribute to this account and reduce his taxable income. HSAs are the only investment vehicle that have a triple tax advantage in that you contribute tax-free, they grow tax-free, and you can withdraw tax-free when used for qualified medical expenses. To fully optimize this account, you could pay your medical expenses with your cash on hand and allow tax-free compound interest to keep working its magic in your HSA. You'd simply keep the receipts since there's no limitation on when a healthcare expense is incurred and when it's reimbursed. And if cash gets tight for living expenses at some point, you can submit the receipts for reimbursement. For most retirement accounts, withdrawing money at a time of a cash crunch is usually done by either accepting a 10% early withdrawal penalty, withdrawing Roth IRA contributions, or taking a loan on your 401k. For the HSA, the funds are accessible before age 59 and a half if used on qualifying medical expenses. Adding to the flexibility, the list of medical expenses that the IRS views as qualified is pretty long. 
It includes things like doctor's visits, dental exams, lab fees, physical therapy, long-term care, and Medicare premiums. While the HSA does have a 20% penalty if funds are withdrawn and not used for qualified medical expenses, after age 65, this penalty drops off. So if you find yourself over 65 and in a situation where you need to tap your HSA and don't have enough medical expenses, the withdrawals are taxed but not penalized. In other words, you still receive the tax-deferred contribution from the years prior and all the tax-deferred growth while only losing the tax-free withdrawal, similar to the tax benefits of an IRA. But unlike an IRA, the HSA doesn't have required minimum distributions. None of us know what our healthcare needs will be later in life, but I think it's safe to assume that as we age, our healthcare needs will increase. For that reason, and for all the benefits an HSA offers, I think this vehicle should be more highly regarded in all of our portfolios. And that should do it for today. Have a happy rest of your day, and I'll see you on the Thursday show tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.